Well, amen and certainly hallelujah this morning. It's uh, great to worship and, and praise the Lord with our songs and, uh, and our, our hearts because uh, uh, through songs our heart is raised up to the Lord. And we can give Him praise and glory and uh, it's a wonderful thing when we do that as God's people. So thank you for the great worship this morning and praising of God. I want to invite you to turn your Bibles this morning to Romans chapter 8. As we turn to Romans chapter 8, uh, I want to share with you a message that I'm entitled, What is God Doing? Maybe that's been your question at certain points in your life as well. Is that, what, what in the world is God doing in my life today? Uh, why is uh, this happening? Or why, why isn't this happening? Or uh, what's the reason behind this? And God, who is so much wiser than we are, doesn't always work in our timetable, or He doesn't always work according to our plans, uh, but God is always working, and let me say, He's always working on our behalf, and that we can trust because of who He is. I remember one time in my own life, personally, that, that God was working in, in my life, and uh, let me tell you, as, as a family, if God's working in your life, as a husband, He's working in your wife's life as well, uh, and vice versa. Uh, because the Bible says that when you're married, the two become one. And so if God's doing it to one, He's doing it to the other one in your life also. And so it affects the family. But I remember a time in my life and God was working in my life and certainly was affecting our family. Uh, but I, I remember having this plan that uh, I'd thought of myself, right? And uh, this plan included all kinds of things. And uh, I'd even ordered the steps of it that certain time we'd be able to do this and certain few years later we'd be able to do this and a few years later we'd be able to do that and before long that I'd ended this destination that I'd thought of in my own mind. And needless to say, that wasn't God's plan for my life. And so as I began to really push on this plan that I had for myself and for my family, uh, that all of a sudden there were all these obstacles that God kept putting in the way. He would put all kinds of things in the way that I really didn't understand. And it wasn't that I wasn't serving God because I was. I was active in the church that we were members of. Uh, I was busy serving the Lord. Uh, I took on all kinds of responsibilities in the church and did all those things. But uh, I was still living out my plan for my life and not what God had for me. And so all these obstacles began, began to rise up. And you know as well as I do that when God, when God or uh, obstacles come into our lives, we get frustrated. Amen? You say amen. All right. Yeah, we do, don't we? And so uh, as men especially, uh, we think that we can push through those frustrations. That, hey, if we just man up, and keep pushing and keep working harder, that we'll be able to push through uh, those obstacles and we'll be able to have a breakthrough and to uh, get back to this plan that we have. Uh, but let me tell you, uh, God can lay some roadblocks that are impossible for us to break through. Uh, and as hard as we push, as much as we try, we'll find ourselves uh, being frustrated. Uh, and I, I remember as I began to push up against these obstacles and these difficulties that uh, I kept wondering, God, why? 
You know, I'm serving you. I'm honoring you in my life. I'm, uh, we're raising our kids to know you. We're doing all these things we're supposed to do. And, and, and why in the world uh, are all these things happening? Why can't uh, my plan work out the way I want it to? Uh, and uh, uh, all of a sudden, uh, instead of breaking through these obstacles, God gave me a breakthrough of understanding. And that understanding or that breakthrough of understanding was is that the things that I'd chosen for my life weren't the things that God had chosen for me. And so immediately on that understanding, uh, it was just like a a weight that was lifted. Uh, This great thing was taken off. Uh, And uh, what God had had for me that I, I appreciated and embraced it and began to grow and move our family and, and our lives toward God's plan for us. And all of a sudden, God began to open up blessings. Uh, he uh, gave me a sense of peace instead of strife. Uh, he uh, gave me a, a sense of being uh, useful uh, instead of frustrated. And all these things began to open up because uh, of some things that God had put into my life that became obstacles or difficulties or struggles. Now, for a long time during that period, I kept asking that question, God, what are you doing? What are you doing? And really, what I should have been asking was a better question, is God, what do you want me to do? <laughs> or where, where do you want to meet me? Or where do I need to meet you at in my life? Uh, and so when I began to ask those kind of questions, God began to show me uh, some things that He wanted me to do. And it was completely different from what I saw and what, what my vision of my life would be. Uh, if my vision had worked out, I don't know what the outcome would have been, uh, but I'm so thankful that God um, gave me understanding about what His will was for my life. And so we're going to find ourselves as people in these opportunities or, or these times, uh, circumstances in our life, where maybe uh, things that are happening to us don't feel very good, uh, they're uncomfortable for us, they're difficult, they're hard, painful. Uh, and we're wondering, Lord, why are you allowing this to happen? What are you doing in my life? And so as we begin to ask those kind of questions, then uh, I think God will help us to begin to understand some of those things. Now, I want to assure you that God doesn't work uh, on our timetable because this period in my own life that God was doing these things was more extended than I'd hoped for. (laughs) It went on longer than I wanted it to. Uh, and maybe that had to do with some of my stubborn resistance to God's will uh, or uh, my lack of cooperation with Him. I don't know. Or maybe I had lessons that God wanted me to learn uh, that uh, He had to uh, really increase my uh, spiritual intellect a little bit in order to get me to where He wanted me to be. But let me tell you, and let me give you a full assurance, is that, that God is working in all of our lives today. He really is, and He's working out His purpose for us. And so I want us to look at that. Uh, and these passages of Scripture that I want us to look at today, uh, and we're only going to look at a few of them this morning, some more of them tonight. Uh, but uh, I, I want to begin, first of all, this morning uh, with this idea, what's God doing? Uh, and, and I want you to understand that, first of all, God is working for us. He really is. And so we're going to see that in some of these passages of Scripture. And then some of the things we're going to get to tonight is the fact that not only is God working with us, but God is walking with us as well through His working. And He didn't leave us alone in this process. 
but, but he's walking with us. And then finally, uh, tonight, if you come back, you'll see that God is warring with us, that sometimes these things are a struggle and a conflict, and God is there to take up our cause and be on our side. And so he's going to do all those things for us. But this morning, I, I want us to look just a few verses of Scripture in Romans chapter 8. With this idea of God is working for us. Listen to what the scripture says in Romans chapter 8 beginning at verse 28. And it says this. And we're going to look through verse 30 this morning. Uh, it says, And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God and to those who are the called according to His purpose. For whom He foreknew, He also predestined to be conformed to the image of His Son, that He might be the firstborn among many brethren. Moreover, whom He predestined, these he also called, whom he called, he also justified, and whom he justified, these he also glorified. Let's stop there and pray with me, if you would. Father in heaven, we're so grateful today that you certainly are a father who's active in our lives today. That, Lord, you have um, compassion for us, and you have our good at, in your heart, and we thank you for that today, Lord. We know that. Uh, what you're working out in us is something to be uh, joyful and rejoicing about today. Uh, Lord, I just pray that you'll help us to think about our own personal circumstances, where we are, the activity that you, you're carrying on in our lives. And Father, to be able to honestly and, and with a, a true sense of sincerity in our heart, to be able to ask you these things and these questions that will help give us understanding. Now, Lord, I pray that you'll use these verses this morning to encourage us today to know that you truly are working in us. And we give you praise and thanks for that today. Father, I pray your Holy Spirit be our teacher this morning and that he guide us into all truth and all understanding. And Father, I ask it in the powerful, precious name of Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen. You know, as you begin to think and as we look at the fact that God is working for us and on our behalf, uh, I think there's some evidence that Scripture gives. The Apostle Paul uh, writes in uh, verse 28 is one of those great eternal promises that God gives uh, to His children. How many times maybe that somebody's come along or maybe you've known someone uh, that uh, has been close to you going through some difficult circumstances and uh, God just brought this uh, passage of Scripture to your mind and uh, you used it to share with Him that God is working for you and uh, that He's working in your life and everything's going to be okay, right? It's one of those fallback promises that we have from God uh, that really gives us some understanding that no matter what happens, that ultimately, right, it's going to be okay. And, and so, yeah, we can take that uh, and we can be- believe that and we certainly should. Uh, but what about the right now? And what about the here and now? Uh, you know, I'm excited about that for some time down the road. Uh, but right now I'm in the middle of a mess. I, I'm in the middle of a, some circumstances today uh, that I'm just not sure about. Uh, and they're hard and they're difficult. And so I'm going to count on that promise for some time down the road. Uh, but I really need something for today. Uh, you know, Adrian Rogers is a great preacher. And I remember in one of his messages hearing him say that... Uh, you know that most people uh, aren't, aren't so much worried about heaven, but they're worried about how to hack it on a Monday. And so really, how do we get through day by day? Well, I really believe it's those same promises and those same assurances that we understand that God is working for us and for our behalf, on our behalf. Uh, verse 28 is, is that great promise. He made us a promise. 
We see that in verse 28. And listen to what that promise says. And for we know that all things work together for good to those who love God and to those who are the called according to his purpose. Let's look at that just for a minute and, and break it down a little bit, this promise that, it, that he gives to us. First of all, it should be, ought to be a clear promise to us is that uh, we ought to look at it with confidence because Paul says, and we know. Right? Isn't that a statement of assurance or a statement of fact or a statement of certainly acceptance on the, in the believer's life that, that what he's about to say is true, for we know. Uh, it's not something that we really need to doubt. How do we know what God promises uh, is really trustworthy or really viable for our experience in, in, in the place that we're at right now? First of all, uh, I, th- I think that we... Really, with God's promises, whether it's this one or another one in Scripture, is that we really have to be exposed to God through His Word to build in our lives this trust and this confidence in who God is. Now, as you begin, and the reason I think that exposure is necessary for, for, from Scripture is that we know God. Right? We trust people we know. Amen. I mean, we, we, we don't trust a stranger. We teach our kids, don't stranger danger. Don't trust a stranger. Uh, you know, don't, don't, don't put any confidence in them. But, but we trust people we know. And, and how do we know God? Or how would we, we become knowledgeable about Him or familiar with Him? One of the great ways that God's given us is through the revelation that He's given us of Himself, the Bible. And so as we're, as we're exposed to the Word of God, then all of a sudden we begin to see God emerging from how He revealed Himself to us. Now listen, on our own, we can't know God on our own. I mean, Isaiah says that His ways are higher than our ways and His thoughts higher than our thoughts. Uh, Paul says in Romans chapter 3 that there's none that seeketh after God, no, not one. And so if God hadn't chosen to reveal Himself to us, then we wouldn't have a way to know Him. And so through the Word of God, we become familiar with God. And so as we see God make His promises, then the God that we see revealed in Scripture is the God that we understand that's acting on our behalf in conjunction or in accordance with His character. That God acts according to who He is. How do we learn who He is? Through His Word. And so now all of a sudden, we get into the Word of God and we're exposed to Scripture and we begin to see uh, this emerging understanding of God, who He is, that God is a God uh, of love. The Bible says that God is love. So we know that God certainly in His character is, is uh, uh, certainly an aspect of His character is love. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. That God demonstrated His own love toward us and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. So emerging out of that understanding, that one thing, one aspect of His character certainly is one of love. Certainly, if you look at the Bible long enough, you'll see that God is, is a God of justice. He's a God of, of grace. Uh, certainly, we see over and over in the Scripture how God withheld judgment, that He is a God of mercy. Uh, that God is a God of family. And that God has called us as Christians into a family relationship with Him. And so all these things we begin to discover about God and about His character. And now we can look at the promises in Scripture like this one. And we can have assurance about it that God is going to act consistent with His character, with who He is. 
And so that's a, certainly a comfort to us. Uh, we don't expect him to act different than he is, but we expect him to act how he is. And so by exposure, we understand who God is and we can trust him. Let me give you another thing. Not only by exposure that we can have confidence, but by experience as well, is that we experience these promises of God. That if we were to line up this morning in a testimonial line down the aisle here and all of us that God's ever done anything for us lined up and came up here behind the pulpit and said, let me tell you what God did for me. They would be all testimonies of an experience with God that testifies about His faithfulness and about Him working on our behalf. Working for us. Anybody have one of those testimonies? I'm sure we all do, right? That God, by our experience, we know what God has done and we celebrate what God has done and then we look forward to what God will do and continue to do. Maybe we hadn't had that experience, but we know somebody who's had one, okay? But yet we know by experience that God is is working for us. If we don't, we might want to consider having a relationship with Him, becoming a Christian. And so... There's this thing about exposure and about experience that, that makes us, that clarifies in our minds that what God is saying is that we can be confident. We know. We know. All right. Now, not only that, Paul says that we know. Verse 28, he says, and we know. But he says, all things work together. Now, listen, this promise that God made for us is a comprehensive promise. It's not only clear... Uh, but 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 it, it's it's really detailed. He says that all things, uh, all things are working together, uh, and so when you look at that, uh, our lives are complicated, aren't they? Anybody's life that's not complicated, uh, you know. I, I had the blessing of doing a, a wedding this weekend, and always a joyful event. But I want to tell you, they're complicated, uh, and they can really get complicated uh, and complex sometimes, uh, and. Uh, and so those complicated, complex things are all a part of life. And, and so when the Bible says that God is working in, in all things, that he, He's really moving in every aspect of our life. That there's nothing that God is not working on or shaping us through or by. That no matter what we're going through, right now in, in your own personal situation that you're in today, uh, you can look and examine what's happening to you and you can think, is God really working? Uh, in some situations in your life, uh, if, if, if you're in certain set of circumstances, you may look at these circumstances as, if God's working, He's, he's cruel. <laughs> Or he's not so good, or 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 he's mysterious, or or he's holding himself back, or he's restraining. I I, I want to assure you, he's not doing that. Uh, we, we just hadn't seen the full picture of the scope of what he's doing because he's working in everything, and he's taking all those things together. And I read an example of passage of scripture uh, about uh, uh, some, somebody compared this promise to somebody baking a cake. You know, you've got to have all different kinds of ingredients to bake a cake. You've got to have flour and sugar and eggs and all these kind of things. And you put them in a big bowl and you whip them together. I may not be saying this is right. <laughs> but you whip it together and you throw it in the oven and then all of a sudden the cake comes out. But if you begin to divide any of those things and, and, and you begin to, to experience any of those things individually, sometimes they're not so good. You know, you, have you ever taken a big, big spoon of flour and stuck it in your mouth? 
I mean, it's pretty awful, isn't it? Uh, even salt, you know, sometimes. Well, some of you guys like salt, but, but uh, uh, not very good. I, you know, I'm really not one of those guys who can eat a raw egg. Uh, you know, I just hadn't developed that taste or some of that. But now sugar, <laughs> okay, I can handle uh, that part of it. It's pretty good. Uh, you know, if it's a chocolate cake, yeah, that, that, I remember as a kid thinking that cocoa's got to be great because it comes out of some good things and getting a big old spoonful of it one day and it was awful. I thought, man. And, and, and so individually, sometimes those things are difficult. Some of them are really good. Some of them are difficult. But when you mix it all together and when you put it in the fire of that oven and you come out and this, this wonderful dessert cake thing is there uh, and it's good. And that's the idea behind what God's saying is that everything experientially may not be so wonderful, but it's working out something wonderful in our lives. And so God is comprehensive in what He's doing in our lives. He's involved. God's got His finger in everything about you. Everything about you. He knows all uh, that's going on with us. And He's there. Uh, and he's in the midst of it also. And so it's comprehensive in his promises, all things. And, and then it also should be comforting to us, isn't it? He says all things work together for what? For good. There's the comfort part, isn't it? For good. That, that no, no matter how difficult our struggles are, is that when the, the, the finished work uh, is, is, is there, it's It's good. And for the goodness that God's working in us, we don't always have to wait till the end of our life or to heaven to enjoy it, that these seasons of, of testing, these seasons of trials and struggles uh, turn out to produce in us uh, what God desires, good things. How can we learn how to be strong if we've not been tested? How can we learn the, the parameters of our faith unless our faith's put to the test? How can we grow unless we're put under that pressure? How can we get stronger? So all those things work to produce. The, James says it in James chapter 1 when he talks about, you know, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. For These trials produce certain things. And the outcome is, it, is our growth. And so he's working in, a, in a, a, a way that's comprehensive, but also a way that should bring us comfort. Now look, sometimes that comfort may be measured out later, uh, but that good is going to come. And then finally, he says to those who love us, you know, it's really a Christian promise, isn't it? Those who love God, those who are in a relationship with Him. So what God promises to us uh, in His work in our life is because we have a relationship with Him, that we belong to Him. And so He made us a promise that I'm going to work in you, that I'm going to work for you, that this work I'm going to do in you is going to be comprehensive. That eventually it's going to bring you a measure of comfort. And it's really for those who, who, who love me and who are part of the family. Uh, it's really also a family promise that God is working for us. Now, look at the second thing. Not only did He make a promise uh, when He, when he uh, talked about His working for us, but He has a plan, right? And it's His plan. Uh, I, I just want to remind you about that. It's not your plan that will get you to where God wants you to be. Uh, it's not even, if you read a good book about life plans, it's not even that, good, that book's life plan for you that's going to suffice when it comes to your relationship with God. Uh, it has to be, it's not even the, the spouse that you love with all of your heart. It isn't even his or her plan 
but it's what God wants for you personally. When, uh, when uh, uh, God chooses for you what He wants you to become and what He wants you to do. Now, listen to His plan, verse 29. He says, For whom He foreknew, He also predestined to be conformed to the image of His Son, that He might be the firstborn among many brethren. God is always working in us in all circumstances to bring about one thing, one thing, and that's our completion, our wholeness, our, our maturity and our faith. And that's what He's working for. And His goal is, is that, he, that we are to be made. What does He say in verse 29? He says we're predestined, we're marked out to be conformed to the image of His Son. So God's goal is for you and I to be like the Lord Jesus Christ. Isn't that great? So we know that God has a plan and He's working in our lives through all the things. He's promised that He's doing that uh, with us and through us. And, and in that promise that He's keeping, uh, he's, he's working in our lives to cause us to be more like Jesus Christ. Now, you know, there's some things that we can take away from that truth. Uh, we can really use it as a place of evaluation and ask ourselves, am I more like Jesus this year than I was last year? You know, uh, am, am, I, am I more mature in my faith than I was six months ago or whatever? And so that's God's goal for us. Now, listen, Paul uses the word firstborn. He says that to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn. Now, look, the, the word firstborn doesn't mean it, it's not that there was a time when Jesus didn't exist and he was born. And, and then all of a sudden he began to exist. That's not what that means. What it means is that. Uh, here it means that he's the standard that we will become like. All right? In other words, he is, he's the target. Uh, he, he is, uh, he, he's the, the, the mold or the image that we, we are to become like. You see, man lost that in the Garden of Eden when Adam and Eve sinned. If you go back and you read in Genesis that Adam and Eve were created. They were created in perfection. They were put in a perfect place. And uh, all of a sudden, temptation entered the garden uh, through Satan, through the serpent. Uh, Adam and Eve yielded to that temptation. They sinned. Uh, what God told them to come to pass did. And that sin marred that image that, that God had created Adam and Eve into. Uh, in Genesis chapter 2, he talks about that. that in, in our image, we've created them, male and female. And, and so when Adam and Eve were created, they were created in the image of God. When they sinned, that, that image was defaced. It was marred. It was changed. And, and so what God is doing in us is that in Christ, we're being and finally will be fully restored to the original design that God created us to be. And so that's what He's working toward in His activity in our life. And God has a plan for every one of us how to get us from where we are to where He wants us to be. And He's working day by day out of that very plan He has for us. Now look, the Bible says several places. Uh, one place that it says in Ephesians, or excuse me, Philippians chapter 1, verse 6, that we can be confident that He who has begun a good work in us will complete it until 
the day of the Lord Jesus Christ. In other words, what God started, God's going to finish in us. And so when we come to faith in Jesus Christ, uh, he, he begins working that plan out in our lives. Now, uh, that's exciting to know because God has never lost anyone uh, in his, his plan of redemption. Uh, there's never been a time in the past, never be a time in the future when God's lost anyone uh, that, that hadn't uh, fulfilled or will fulfill his plan for them. Uh, and that's, that's really exciting. Uh, and so uh, he's working out that plan. You say, well, Brother Mike, uh, how, you know, uh, it doesn't feel very good what God's doing in my life today. Uh, he's working out that plan. You know, I'm sure it didn't feel very good in Jesus' life when the Father was working the plan out in the Son's life either, when He was hanging on a cross, nailed there, hands and feet on a cross, uh, paying for our redemption. I'm sure that uh, probably you and I could look at that. And, you know, if I was standing at the cross looking at Jesus up there and I'm thinking that that's His plan for Him, I'm in trouble. You, you know, uh, I don't know if I can bear up uh, what He wants me to do or what He's doing in my life. But I want to assure you uh, that God has a plan. Sometimes it is difficult. Uh, sometimes it's a mountaintop celebration of God's grace and God's goodness. And sometimes it's those valley experiences that we all go through uh, that are difficult, trying, and hard. But yet God is working out that plan that we become more and more like Jesus Christ. That's His desire uh, for us to be able to do that. And then, and then one more thing uh, this morning, if you look at verse 30, that not only does He have a plan, but He has a process. He has a way of doing what He wants to do. And He gives us some understanding about that very thing. Uh, in verse 30, He says, Moreover, whom He predestined, these He also called. Uh, with, uh, whom He called, these He also justified. And whom He justified, uh, these He also glorified. There's a couple of things there in this passage of Scripture. Is that uh, He calls us to completion. Uh, in other words, through the Holy Spirit... The Holy Spirit calls us uh, to a relationship with God. Uh, God may be calling some of you to hear this morning to a relationship with Him. He may be opening up your mind, your heart, your understanding to the certain uh, truth that you need Jesus Christ as your Savior. That you sinned against God. That that sin separated you from God. And that the only way and the only hope that you'll ever have is, is through Jesus Christ. God speaking to your heart, God calling you into a relationship with Him. Maybe He's doing that this morning, uh, and what you need to do is, is hear what God's saying and respond to that, that calling, that drawing of the Holy Spirit this morning, uh, and give your life and your heart to the Lord Jesus Christ. And so He calls uh, us to that work that He wants to complete in us, or that He will complete in us, uh, and that's the call of salvation. He, the, he, Paul goes on to say he justifies those he calls. In other words, he justifies us for completion. How did he do that? How did God justify us? He did that through the sacrifice of his one and only son, Jesus Christ. Now, the word justified means to be declared not guilty. Now, all of us here this morning are guilty. We're all guilty. For all of sin... And come short of the glory of God. If you've not sinned, stand up. No, don't. Uh, you'd be sinning if you did. <laughs> okay. So we, we've all sinned and come short of the glory of God. We, we've all missed that mark. We, we've all come short of God's perfect standard of righteousness and holiness. And because of that, we found guilty. 
And, and the penalty for our guilt is death and separation from God. Now, with, apart from Jesus Christ, none of us have any hope of a remedy of coming out of that, that kind of condemnation and judgment. We can't do it. We don't have anything to offer to God that will satisfy His holiness or that would appease His righteousness. And so what did He do? He says, I'm going to come to earth and I'm going to take care of myself. You can't do it. Only I can satisfy myself. Right? Only God can satisfy us. Do you realize that? That every need that we have, that only God can satisfy the needs that we have. And, 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 and only God can satisfy Himself. And so what He did, He come on our behalf to, to satisfy Himself and to declare us through Christ not guilty for the sins that you and I had earnestly and honestly committed. And He forgave us in Jesus Christ. And He justified us. He, gave, he gives us right standing with Him through Jesus Christ. And so He did that for us. He had to do that so that He could begin this work of making us more like His Son, Jesus Christ. And so He justified us for completion. And then if you look at what Paul says, kind of confusing, but uh, he says He glorifies us for completion as well. Whom He justified, then He also glorified. Now listen, that sounds like it's in the past tense, doesn't it? I mean, not only he, I can understand He justified me in my relationship with Him, but what about this thing that He has glorified me? Listen, in the mind of God, this process, this this action that He's undertook on our behalf of making us more like Jesus Christ in the mind of God, it's as if it's already happened. It's as sure... Our, our, now, what is glorification, by the way? You know, uh, if, if you haven't thought about that very much, let, let me just give you one aspect of it. It's resurrection. Uh, that, that a part of our glorification is the fact that one day God will resurrect us. This, this body that's sinful, that has a sin nature, one day uh, will be separated from it through death. Uh, and then one day we'll be raised with a new body under resurrection. A new body, a glorified body. And so that's what he's talking about. Now how's that? how does God see that? He sees that as if it's already happened. It's sure. You and I, we live in time. God lives in eternity. God, God li- you know, I was reading a, the- a theologian the other day who, who uh, uh, coined a phrase that I never really heard before, and it's that God is He's eternal now. He's the eternal now. And I thought, wow, what does that mean, the eternal now? In, in other words, that, that God, just like you and I live in time and we live in the present, that God, li- God lives in eternity. He lives in eternity past, all of time, and eternity future, all in the now. All in the now. And we're limited by time. And so we're looking back. Paul says that he has already glorified you. And we're thinking about how can that happen? Because I hadn't got to my future yet. And, and so what, what, what God is saying is that he's seeing your salvation, your sanctification, your growing, and your glorification all at once as if it's already happened. And that's his plan for us. And he worked out and he is working out everything that you and I need to be what God wants us to be. Now look, along the way I found out that with God in His process, that cooperation goes a long way. 
what we do matters in what God's doing in our lives. The decisions that we make really count for what God's doing as He's working in our lives today. You know, I take great comfort in knowing that God is busy and He's working. And God is really working for us and for our good so that He, through what He's doing in our lives, can be glorified by what's produced. Bow with me if you would and let's pray this morning.